You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Themba. What's going on, everybody? John and Pemba here with Howard Bender. Welcome into the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Week 5 podcast and live stream. Breaking down this 12-game main slate. Howard, once again, we have a London game on tap. So we got one game off the main slate. We have our primetime games of the Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night football game. So just 12 games for this main slate, but that doesn't mean we don't have enough talent on this slate, unlike weeks prior where we thought we were a little bit slim pickings there. Yeah, indeed, right? First of all, I just want to give a shout out to uh, James Grande for filling in for me last week. I had some unexpected things come up and wasn't able to do the recording with you. So big thanks to James as always. And maybe that's the lesson I need to learn here, John, because my cash lineups last last week really kind of crapped the bed. I'm not going to sugarcoat it in any way, shape or form. My GPPs were delicious because I was heavily invested in the Seahawks Detroit Lions game, but for my cash games, a couple of botches there. So maybe it was my absence from this, from this podcast and video cast whatever we're calling this thing here live stream gotta, and video podcast that's how i've been i, I, I just have to pay attention more i gotta make sure that i'm here for you guys and and i don't slack so yeah, the weather certainly played a factor into it it's like what how much do you take into account with the weather how does that impact your lineups and obviously with baltimore their game against against buffalo it had an impact obviously mark andrews did not have a good game last week we know that philadelphia and Jacksonville, they, their offensive players all struggled in those games outside of Miles Sanders and, and the Philly defense. So it's some days the weather really doesn't matter and you, you think you fade a game and all of a sudden everybody's scoring. And then there are other days where you play the weather and it ends up holding you down there anyway. So last and I think was that, was, that was probably my biggest issue, right? Because mm-hmm. as I was sitting there, I'm like, I do this show on Sunday mornings with Fensty. So from 2 a.m. Pacific straight through to the games, I'm watching the weather and I'm looking at what's happening. And my thought process, the winds were dying down. The rain was kind of moving by and it wasn't going to be like everything seemed to be moving up more to Philly. So I completely faded the Philly game, but jumped back in on guys like Mark Andrews and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And that I probably should not have done that. But nevertheless, that's that's the weather. Fortunately, there's no weather issues that we're looking at. Maybe some strong gusts yeah. up in, in Buffalo against Pittsburgh. But other than that, yeah. I think we're free and clear this week. Yeah, I agree. Not much really going on. And also not helping last week or helping, depending on you. You had TJ Hawkinson in your lineups. We had exposure to Jamal Williams. But I mean, nine, 93 points scored between Seattle and Detroit. I mean, if that game doesn't go for 93, maybe those lineups hang on a little bit. But all of that shock in that game hit. Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, both quarterbacks actually were were kind of contrarian there. But Josh Reynolds came through. Hawkinson was a big guy. So, like, literally any part of that game, you hit bingo. So, maybe we'll find and identify that game this week. We'll we'll go ahead and we'll break it down. And we'll start at the quarterback position here, Howard. Uh, Top three guys, no real surprise in my opinion with Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts right there at the top of that list. Kyler Murray is a little bit surprising giving the matchup against Philly, but then you have Herbert there at $7,100 outside as your top four guys. I'm out on Kyler, but I'm fine playing any of the other three. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily know how much I'm out on Kyler. This, this Philly-Arizona game is a little weird to me also. And I mean, listen, a lot of people are talking about the fact that Philly traveling across the country and this is a trap game for them. And so I'm not, I'm not going to be completely out on Kyler yet, but as far as ranking him amongst Allen, Hurts, Herbert, yeah, I'm probably backing off. If you look at FanDuel, because we've got DraftKings up right now, but if you look at FanDuel, Jared Goff is in that tier as well. He's $8,000, only $100 cheaper than Kyler, $200 cheaper than Justin Herbert. And that's going up against the mad genius, Bill Belichick. I don't know how you feel about that, but using Goff scares me coming off of such a great week and having such a – tough matchup yeah i will say the one thing that's interesting to me about the golf thing is that i'm on ross St. brown return to practice today for him i don't like him on fanduel where he's priced DraftKings, i wrote him up in the quarterback coach because he's 6100 i think there's a potential for him there the only other issue i have in that game is and it all depends on how you feel about certain sites gradings and rankings and whatnot but pff came out in man coverage this year 
the Patriots have the top two rated cornerbacks in the NFL. It's Jonathan Jones and, J- and Jack Jones. And then Darius Slay is number three. But in terms of PFF rating grades, in terms of single-man coverage, both Patriots cornerbacks have a rating over 90. Darius Slay is at 85. So, like, they're pretty much far and ahead the top two man, single-man coverage corners in the NFL as of now. So, is that the Belichick defensive scheme? Possibly. Making those two guys look good. But we knew Jonathan Jones last year was a really good corner because it's why New England felt comfortable letting J.C. Jackson actually leave this offseason. They felt like they had the next guy to move up and fill in that spot. And then they drafted Jack Jones in the fourth round. And both of those guys are now ranking out as some of the top corners in the NFL. You're right. A lot of hype going up for Goff here coming off of a top week. Now going into New England scares me a little bit there. Yeah, I might have to fade. I might have to fade. From the top end here, I would probably say Allen is still just by far and away my favorite. It doesn't even matter if Isaiah McKenzie doesn't get cleared via concussion protocol or the fact that Dawson Knox is out. It's just, it's Josh Allen. And it's, I mean, granted, Pittsburgh's got Minka Fitzpatrick, who always kind of does great things in a game. But is that is Minka Fitzpatrick enough to stop Allen? No. So I would probably kind of lean towards him as being the uh, the favorite there. But I still, I like lower price QBs this week, I think. Yeah, I guess my one thing with, I, don't, I thought I just saw, yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick not listed on the injury report for week five. So he's going to come back and play. My one worry about Josh Allen, and, and maybe it's not really a worry, but they're 14 point favorites, right? So this doesn't, this isn't expected to be a game where it's a shootout where Josh Allen has to throw for 400 yards because they're trailing from behind. But if Josh Allen goes out there and gets three total touchdowns, it's not going to really matter. If he throws for two runs for one, he's still getting you his fantasy points as a top-priced guy. I just wonder if this is a week where maybe you use Allen as like a one-off play. You don't look to stack him with Stefan Diggs because Diggs and Allen, they're both over $8,000. It's very difficult to sort of fit those two into a lineup, especially on DraftKings. We talk about that all the time, where they force you into playing some 3K scrub that you don't really love having into your lineup there with Jalen Hurts at least obviously he's also $8,100 but the receivers are a little bit cheaper Dallas Goddard's a cheaper tight end Devonta Smith is in the 6k range for wide receivers yeah AJ Brown's up there in the 7k range but a little bit easier to sort of stack that grouping against an Arizona defense which hasn't looked very good Arizona game also has a 48 and a half game total there so if you were looking for that comeback game stack, you throw a Hollywood Brown or Zach Ertz coming the other way, and you look for that that Eagles-Arizona game stack. I like Herbert in the same sense. I think the one thing with Cleveland is that you can run all over the Chargers, so this should be a Nick Chubb day or a Cream Hunt day, keeping them into this one. And that's going to allow Herbert to throw and hit his sort of passing prop and keep those receivers in play. Yeah, I can agree with all of those statements there. Beautiful. Next tier, next tier, we've mentioned already Tom, Jared Goff. Below him's Tom Brady. What are your thoughts on Brady in this spot against Atlanta? I actually, I was, I have Brady in the watch list and I'm fine with him, right? I think that he's a guy who, despite all the aggravating shit that's going on in his world and the divorce with Giselle and how public it is and how everybody just seems to relish in that kind of stuff. That's one of the things I, my, my commentary on society right now is right. Just, I absolutely hate the fact that, that we live in a society that thrives off of watching somebody like Brady suffer through a divorce, right? right? It's like the worst thing in the world for so many people. And yet you guys are celebrating it because it's Tom Brady. I don't really understand that, but yeah, nevertheless, he's got weapons back. He's got, what's that? No, I said, I don't believe, I don't get it either. It makes no sense. Yeah. He's got Godwin. He's got Evans. Julio Jones, maybe. Russell Gage, maybe. Those guys are both questionable. But he still has the weaponry to to do the damage. And I'm just, I'm not enamored with Atlanta's pass defense. I do kind of feel like this is more of a Fournette sort of a week than it is for Tom Brady. So I'm fine using him. I... I guess it it really kind of depends on the on the site specific. Like he's priced down. He's at what six thousand on six yeah, uh, k on DraftKings on DraftKings, which is a a really nice price. And I'd rather pay six for him than the sixty one for Tom Brady. Yeah, for uh, Goff. 
For yeah, for golf, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. No, I, I agree with you. I guess that obviously we are always looking at like coming back and, and stacks and whatnot, and no, no Kyle Pitts for Atlanta just makes that Atlanta offense even worse. Not that they've been using Kyle Pitts at all, but no Cordero Patterson now, and no Kyle Pitts in this game. Tampa defense probably going to run out there and be pretty chalky this week, I think, as well. Yeah, which is why I think Fournette more than Brady even. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I just got some injury news on Julio Jones. It is he's still questionable with the knee, so we'll see see how that one plays through. Under six K, Carson Wentz, I'm a big fan of, and I know that you're big on Trevor Lawrence this week. Wentz against Tennessee, Lawrence home against Houston. Yeah, I mean, listen, both guys to me are in play. Trevor Lawrence, I love him on DraftKings at that price, fifty six hundred. He's priced up. He's at seventy six hundred. If you look at the difference between the two sides, Brady and Lawrence are up there with, and Jared Goff are up there with that, like that upper tier where you, then you've got guys like Stafford, Cousin, yeah. Jimmy G, Tannehill. They're all priced down over there. Wentz is a good bargain here at 68. I think Wentz is, obviously we've seen Washington crap the bed and we've seen Wentz struggle a ton. Tennessee's dealing with a lot of injuries. Tennessee's defense isn't really that good. So I kind of feel like, I mean, obviously Washington is going to need to really step up and stop Derrick Henry. But even if they don't stop Derrick Henry, let's say Derrick Henry just runs all over them all day long, right? That's just going to force Wentz into throwing against a bad defense. So for the price point, I'm actually not averse to to using Wentz. I mean, it's more of a GPP than it's def- than it is a cash game just because I can't trust him in cash. Yeah, so my, my, my take on that is the last two weeks where Washington has looked horrible against Philly, against Dallas, and what do we think of those two defenses? Some of the top defenses right. in the NFL, especially Dallas was among the league leaders in sacks. We know that Philly's up there in takeaways. And then you look at the two defenses that he had a lot of success against. One of them was Jacksonville, who now maybe we're thinking is a little bit more legit, but he put up over 30 fantasy points against them. And then Detroit can't stop anybody. We know that. So, But Tennessee's in that same ilk. Like They're just not stopping anybody. Last week, they were able, just able to outscore their opponent there, or two weeks ago against the Raiders. Whenever they faced the Raiders, they were able to just outscore them. I think it was, I think it was last week, so or two weeks ago. Again, whenever it was. Their defense is not very good. So I'm in on, I'm in on Wentz here. As well, even though Jahan Dotson's questionable, that's fine. Logan Thomas is also questionable, so continue to monitor the Washington pass catchers. But Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, assuming he's okay because he's sick. Like, if Washington is healthy, we're in there. But the receivers and the quarterback are in a really great spot. So I'm fine with both. Cheaper, would you consider Geno Smith here again against New Orleans? I do think I would consider Geno Smith here solely because... The Seattle defense is just atrocious. I mean, that's just I'm trying. I was trying to put a put yeah. put it nicely, but I really don't have to. They're terrible, and that's why Geno's going to have to throw. And he's got DK Metcalf, and he's got Tyler Lockett, he's got Will Disley, and, and an array of tight ends. So using Geno Smith, I think I'm fine with using Geno. I don't think you're obviously not going to get that same production out of him that you got last week. Probably not. Because New Orleans (laughs) defense is definitely better. And you're going to see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore. Maybe he's lost a step, but he's still going to be a pain in the ass on top of DK Metcalf the entire time. So I don't mind Gino. I think if I'm going to pay down further, believe it or not, he's the cover boy of the, of of the watch list, John. Don't hate on him. Is it Zach Zach Wilson? Wilson? Zach Wilson. It's interesting. Again, I'm curious on the Dolphins' defense because they're they got burned obviously by Lamar, and then Josh Allen threw for 400 yards and two scores against them. Like those are the top. Those are like considered the top two. Some of the top two cornerbacks, quarterbacks in the NFL, and the fantasy points for Lamar. Also, a lot of that came on the ground. So it's not really mm-hmm. what Wilson is going to be able to sort of bring to the table there. But if the Jets are playing from behind, or just in general, it seems like the Jets just want to throw the football a ton. So I don't hate it. I think that, again, picking the right wide receiver with Zach Wilson will be key. Last week it was Corey Davis. We've seen Elijah Moore. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I don't even know if I could pair him up. I don't know where he's going to lean yeah. there. I mean, I guess, I guess you could look at coverage numbers from Miami – and say, okay, they let's see where they rank the softest. Right. And it looks like secondary and the slot receiver are, are the problems, as is 
the tight end. So maybe, I mean, if you were thinking about a jet stack, maybe it's that Corey Davis, Tyler Conklin. Yeah. <laughs> How filthy is that? Yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. I agree. He's too pricey. He's too pricey on FanDuel, by the way. Yeah, like Zach be- Wilson's 7,200. It's ridiculous. I believe it. Well, let me get really dirty with you and maybe a dartboard play. If Jameis Winston doesn't play, you talked about how bad Seattle's defense is. Do you go an Andy Dalton game at $5,100? Do you throw Chris Olave back in there as the stack? Dalton looked okay against the Vikings, right? Completed over 70% of his passes. If not for the fumble, he would have had like 17 fantasy points. Not awful for $5,100. Now you're talking about a Seattle defense that everybody's scoring on, right? So would you dare to go with the red rifle here? I would dare to go with the red. I call him the red rocket because it's synonymous with a dog's penis. But yeah, I would. I Listen, I've got Jameis Winston in the watch list and Alvin Kamara there as well. I would be even more bullish on Kamara, who says that he's going to play this week, right? To do a, a Saints stack of Andy Dalton, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, and just hope that Michael Thomas is going to be out for that game. And then you run it back with a DK Metcalf. Yep. I agree with you there 100%. Breaking news right now as we're recording, Bailey Zappi announced the starter for New England this weekend. I know you talked about the Detroit lineup. I don't think we want to go New England passing game. I think we're going to have a lot more interest in the New England running game in this one. But Bailey Zappi did throw like 64 touchdowns and 5,800 yards or something like that at Western Kentucky in his final season. So if they set him back in shotgun against this Detroit defense, who – you know, who knows, right? Anything, anything's possible for Bailey Zappi. Yeah, he looked okay against Green Bay. Let him down the field through a touchdown pass to Devontae Parker. We'll see. But anyways, that's a quarterback position. Let's go on over to the running backs. CMC is your top-priced running back this week at $8,500. Finally got involved in the passing game. Nine catches for 81 yards and a touchdown last week receiving. Hey, what a thought. Throw to Christian McCaffrey. Maybe good things will happen to you. They still lost that game, but... Get Christian McCaffrey involved as much as he possibly can. $8,500 for him. Derek Henry's at 82. Nick Chubb's at 8K. That's your 8K and above range. Again, I am in on Nick Chubb. He was like the first guy I put in my lineup this week. Just you, anybody can run over the charges. It's been that way for over a year now. Yeah, I'm a big fan of obviously Nick Chubb. And the pricing is pretty good there. In, I mean, in comparison, right? He's the most expensive guy on FanDuel at 9400 He's at like McCaffrey... Yeah, Henry. Jonathan Taylor type pricing there over here. But yeah, I think that it's going to be tough to fit him into cash lineups, right? I mean, he's he's in a great spot. I absolutely love it. But he's going to be very tough to fit into cash lineups, especially when you're trying to build a lineup that's that's zero fat, right? Like, I mean, great. I'll throw him into a GPP and be super psyched because – but a GPP, I'm looking at whether it's FanDuel, a $5,000 player, or whether right. it's DraftKings, it's a $3,000 player. Like that, I can do for that. But for cash games, it's going to be a little tougher to sneak him in. Might have to, yeah. but we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm in on Chubb 100%. I'm in on Derrick Henry too. I'm not enamored with, the, uh, with Washington's run defense. And given the fact that the passing D has been that, the passing offense has been that week four, Tannehill and the Titans, they're also losing Traylon Burks. I'm not going to hate on Derrick Henry and on the road. How about the fact that they're throwing to Derrick Henry now too as well? Adding in some of that PPR value the last two weeks for Derrick Henry, he's got eight catches on 11 targets. So throwing, throwing a few more ways for him to score points, always something that we're looking at there. Austin Eckler found the end zone three times last week. He's $7,800 going up against Cleveland. Dalvin Cook, $7,300 against Chicago in a game where we think Minnesota should be pretty well ahead here. Then you've mentioned you liked Fournette. He's at $6,900. Yeah, Fournette being priced down where he is over on DraftKings is real nice. And I have, excuse me, I have no problem using him there. He's also, in comparison to like some of the top guys, he's at a reasonable price over on FanDuel as well. He's only $7,800 over there. Again, I just I don't think Tom Brady wants to, regardless of what his social situation is right, right now, coming into the season, I don't think he wanted to throw 40 times a game. So I was much more bullish on Leonard Fournette coming into the season, even just for season-long fantasy, yeah. because of that aspect. So I'm kind of, I'm still in on, on Fournette. It was a down game last week, but I mean, Atlanta's run defense is not strong. Yeah. 
And it was a down game running the football. Three carries, negative three yards, but seven catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown for net receiving. 12 catches on 13 targets the last two weeks. So they're not just not using him if he's not getting going on the ground. Like, they're still throwing to him. I'm probably going to get bitten by this one again, but I'm going to go back to Alvin Kamara. He said he's going to play. No Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston, no Michael Thomas likely. That means you have Andy Dalton as your quarterback here against Seattle. You're going to tell me Andy Dalton's not going to dump down to Alvin Kamara against the Seattle defense or Kamara's not going to be able to find success against the Seattle defense. Again, I know he's been injured. I know the ribs have been a problem for him, but he said he's ready to go and play. Still averaging over four yards a carry. He had seven targets in week three with Jameis as the quarterback there. 6,600 is just too cheap. It's just too cheap for me, given the matchup and what we think of Alvin Kamara as a player. Yeah, I mean, he's 7,000 on FanDuel. Here's the thing. Kamara's an ego guy, right? He's definitely an ego guy. If the world starts crapping on Alvin Kamara, he wants to turn around and show something, right? I mean, that's, I mean, he was getting ripped up by people last year for not scoring touchdowns and stuff like that. And then what, like towards the tail end of the season, he had that six touchdown yeah. game was last year, or the year before, Yeah. whatever it was, it was like a couple of weeks were going in there, like walking in was like, oh, yo, he's not getting into the end zone. His value's crap and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden he like busts out for that. And I think we're getting a similar situation. Not that he's going to score six touchdowns, he might, but uh, <laughs> everybody's kind of crapping on him and he's going to want to produce. Yeah. So I, I saw that price tag this week on Kamara and I was like, oh man, if he plays, I'm going to, I'm going to have to put him in my lineup at 6,600 against Seattle. It's just too yeah. good of a spot for him there. Other guys in the mid 6k range, Miles Sanders had a really big week last week. I think a lot of that had to do with weather and the fact that they were up, but again, that he's scored now three touchdowns this year after scoring none last year. James Robinson against Houston, you talked about it, and there's been some debate, is this an ATN week? Is this a Robinson week? A lot of fantasy Twitter wants Travis ATN to be a thing really badly, so they're throwing out a bunch of, like, numbers on Robinson, how over each of the last four weeks is, like, yards after contact, is yards before contact, like, all of those, like, sabery metric football stats are trending down each week for James Robinson. I'm like, he still ran for 100 yards and touchdowns, so, like, does that even matter if he's getting less yards after contact? So $6,300 for him against Houston. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at him. And then opposite of him, Damian Pierce is 62. Jacksonville's run defense hasn't been anything great either. No, Jacksonville's run defense hasn't been. And as we've seen, right, game flow doesn't matter to Houston Texans. They're going to run Damian Pierce no matter what, right? right? Like I, I said, they were down 21 nothing. I was like, ah, oh, crap, there go all my shares of Damian Pierce. And then at least just kept running the ball. And so, off a 50-yard touchdown run. Yeah, and I was like, all right, beautiful. I love that. That that makes me smile there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as James Robinson goes, I if you guys are listening to fantasy football Twitter, you're going to get screwed because everybody does have an agenda over there. Right. They really do. Like, I try to just answer questions. I don't sit there and post things to, to prove my arguments or whatever. I make a statement about a player. I make that statement. And then we'll see what happens at the end of the year, right? I mean, my whole debate with Kevin Tompkins over Alan Lazard, I said to him, I was like, listen, I don't, I was like, I don't care what his week and week to week numbers are. And like, this is the first time in, I think it was, he had eight targets last week. And somebody posted that in the chat, the, the family chat that we have. And, and immediately Kevin was like, that's the most targets he's seen in four years in a game and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't really care. Like your stats don't mean anything to me. I don't care what his stats were from four years ago. Right. I just want to see what's happening now. And I right. want to see what's going to be happening in the future. It doesn't matter what was before. I know what happened before. And yet I'm still making this claim that Alan Lazard will be the number one in that offense. So. Right. It's the same thing here with fantasy football Twitter. You can sit there and you can cherry pick all these numbers and say what you want about James Robinson. But let's face facts. Even with Urban Meyer as the coach, James Robinson's performance on the field forces the coach to put the ball in his hands. And ETN, who has had opportunities throughout these first four weeks, but hasn't really done anything yeah. with them, drop passes, poor, poor rushing attempts. I mean, it was just, it, it hasn't been good for him that why wouldn't you look at James Robinson against the defense that everybody runs on right. and he does it between the tackles and he takes it to the outside. Right. So 
be careful of fantasy football Twitter people. It's a lot of it's a lot of people who are more into like the likes and they're more into the engagement than they are really into the actual results. Well, they, they don't care, care they about care more about being take committed, right? They spend their whole offseason tweeting about how you must draft Travis Etienne, must use Travis Etienne, and then the first four weeks he's not he's not even more than a flex play. And so now they're now this is the week where he's about to break out. This is the week you got to use him. It maybe again, it's Houston's not a good team. Like maybe this is a week where he catches a ball in the flat and he breaks it for sixty yards, and like that's great. That's a home run play. That's what his upside is. But that's not consistent usage. That's just you're hitting the GPP, right? James Robinson. If they're ahead two scores in this game, James Robinson's finishing with eighteen carries. It's not going to be Travis eighteen. <laughs> so that's the way I feel about that. I also really like Devin Singletary this week. I've been last week I was touting Brees Hall heavily because. Pittsburgh cannot stop the run. Haven't stopped the run in two years. Patriots ran all over them. We've seen teams all this season already run all over Pittsburgh. Loved Brees Hall last week at like $5,400. He's in a GPP lineup of mine. Devin Singletary, I think this week with Buffalo being a 14-point favorite, and the way they've been using Singletary just in the passing game anyways, I don't think he's going to have to use all that pass down work because I don't see this a game where Buffalo has to throw as much. But Singletary is still the lead running back, in my opinion, of this offense. So I, even though he's $6,100, if you're making a couple of lineups this week and you want to be a little bit different, I kind of like Singletary there at 61. Yeah, I definitely don't mind him. I Again, what we saw, I don't even know, was it last week or the week before where it was like Josh Allen running the football himself and throwing the football? They're up like three scores, yeah. and yet they're still passing the ball. And I don't really know... Like it, it didn't make sense to me to do that. And you're putting your guys at risk a lot more. So I don't know if they're just going to sit there and say, well, screw it for the first three quarters of the game. We're just going to, we're going to keep throwing the ball because that's what we do. And that's what gets us to win. Yeah. And then the fourth quarter, then it's like, all right, here you go. Now we'll just hand the ball off the entire time. What I worry about Singletary is that if they do go up really big, then the garbage time carries are going to go to James Cook. They did it before. Give garbage time. I mean, I know that Tennessee game was a forty-one to five, right? They gave Cook like the f- second half of the fourth quarter. It felt like he was starting to get more touches there. Moss actually in that game was getting some looks, so it, it could be. It could be that come late in that game, if they were up three touchdowns, that they go to the other backs there. But the way as productive as Singletary has been, even last week getting getting eleven carries in that game, knowing the Pittsburgh's run defense is trash. I like it. If you want to be different in, in tournaments and go against Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt's there at 6K. A, another guy that just, he'll get his carries, right? Double-digit carries mm-hmm. all four weeks so far this season. Week one, he had two touchdowns, really screwing those Nick Chubb fantasy players. But he's certainly a guy that over four yards of carry, catches a couple of passes. Kareem Hunt here against the Chargers could be that pivot off of Nick Chubb if you wanted to go there as well. Yeah. Further down, I don't hate Raheem Mostert this week. No. Jets run defense, not very good. Mostert looks like he's been seeing the increase in touches. Now, yeah, Chase Edmonds has been getting a lot of that green zone work, but so is Raheem Mostert. I was actually, I just added him to the watch list. Dude's seen three red zone carries, two of which are green zone carries in the last two games. He's starting to see more snaps, more touches, more carries out of the backfield. That going up against the Jets, I could actually, I could see Raheem Mostert being a thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I like Mostert a lot. I have him in seasonal, and, and I was plugging him in my lineup against the Jets. I know you were big on Najee Harris last week against the Jets. Just kind of a poor game script for him in that one. We mentioned at the top, Bailey Zappi is a starting quarterback for New England this week. Both Patriots running backs here. Damian Harris is at 56. Ramondre Stevenson's at 55. Stevenson's been the guy catching the passes. Eight catches, 10 targets the last two weeks. But not shy about running the ball either. 14 for 66 and 12 for 73 in a score against Baltimore and Green Bay. Damian Harris last week against Green Bay. 18 for 86 in a touchdown. Damian Harris rushing touchdowns in three straight weeks. So would you play both? Patriots running backs in a lineup? Would you dare? I did it. I did it last week, actually. I mean, it I paid did. off. It worked, it, right? It, it like... pay off. I mean, that's like that's the thing when you're dealing with these these teams that have the two running backs who are more of a one and a one a than they are a one and a two. Then yeah, you kind of have to kind of have to look at it that way. And because of the way they're priced, 
it made it a lot easier. So I used both Harris and Stevenson in a lineup last week that worked absolutely beautifully for me. I mean, it wasn't, they didn't have eye popping numbers and we weren't looking at both guys getting into the end zone, but here against Detroit, knowing that it's Bailey Zappi who's under center, I think that Belichick, again, he turns around and says, I'm going to run the ball down Dan Campbell's team's throat and just try and do that. And then say, if you stop the run, then okay. Then Bailey Zappi's got to pass the ball, but you got to show me that you're going to be able to stop the run first. And I just don't know if Detroit can. Yeah. I'm in a full agreement with you there as well. Are you buying the Rashard Penny breakout last week? I mean, I thought it was a good breakout performance for Penny last week, but I mean, do I look at Rashad Penny and think that this guy can do this all the time? New Orleans has always been a tough run day. Yeah. Always been a tough run day. So I'm probably going to be out on him and let the point chasers go after him. Okay. Any other guys under 5K on your radar here? I didn't really see much. I don't really want the Atlanta running backs. I know that they're going to be cheap this week. I guess maybe if Brian Robinson gets activated at 4,800, he's apparently been making plays at practice. There could be a mild interest there, but I don't know if they would just give him 15 carries out of the gate. So that would worry me. They did plan on using him in the red zone though. So if Washington, we think is going to score on Tennessee, maybe he gets some of those red zone carries and can punch a score in or not. But there isn't, again, there isn't a ton of of value really at the running back position this week. No, there isn't. But there's there are enough mid-tier and low-tier pricing guys to get you by, yep. I think. Caleb so. Huntley's 4,300. He's a guy that scored last week for for Atlanta, if you're really looking to get cheap with it. Uh, what's this Brees <laughs> Hall news here? Brees Hall limited at practice with the knee. We'll see what happens. I guess monitor that one. Michael Carter's 4,900. If Brees Hall doesn't play or whatever, maybe Michael Carter ends up being an option for you there at $4,900. Yeah, against Miami, probably. Yeah, yeah. Wide receivers. Top guys are all there. Cups at 96. Jefferson's at 89. Diggs is at 84. Tyree Kill's at 8K. All very pricey. All very pricey. All very pricey. We didn't mention Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Would you play Teddy Bridge against the Jets this week? No, I won't play Teddy ever. Because you know that the dude's got a shelf life. He's not a good quarterback. He can't throw the ball deep. Yes, that it works beautifully in Mike McDaniel's system, right? You saw it. Yeah. You saw it from Teddy last week, but it's just not a guy I'm going to rely on. It really is not just, I can't do it because everybody knows. And Teddy comes into the game and it looks great against a team that hasn't prepared for him at all. Right. Now you've got the Jets who have the entire week to prepare for him, knowing that he can't throw deep. So all of a sudden now you're changing your scheme up a little bit because you don't have to worry too much about the deep ball. It's more about all the underneath stuff. And right. you can definitely set yourself up in a better situation like that. So yeah. I'll pass on him. Okay. Which yeah. means I'll, I mean, listen, I've got Tyreek in the, in the watch list because him and Waddle, I mean, great. I mean, they could like, that's your GPP right there, right? They could break. Yeah big touchdown at any point that each one of them has that capability of doing it yep speaking of breaking big touchdowns that was Debo Samuel last week against the Rams 57 yarder with Jimmy G now at quarterback five for 73 six for 115 and a score that was one of the big things when Garoppolo stepped into that starting role I thought that this gave value to these pass catchers Carolina not a great defense San Francisco is on the road here so maybe that worries you a little bit but I like Debo at seventy seven hundred dollars I added Debo not just because of the talent level there, but he's also only 7,300 over on FanDuel, right? He's below Mike Williams, below Mike Evans, below Christian Kirk, below Waddle, below Marquise Brown. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to give me Debo at discounted price, yeah, I'm definitely happy with that. I'll easily use Debo Samuel, no question. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Debo this week as well. I mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown is gonna likely play this is going to likely play this week, returning to practice. Uh, again, tough New England defense. All Philly guys are gonna be popular this week because that's got a pretty high game total. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown coming back in there. Keenan Allen not likely to play, so Mike Williams goes back on the radar here against Cleveland. Something to obviously take a peek at as well that like low 7k range but i kind of like i like the 6k guys i think there's some guys at 6k like terry mclaurin at 62 
Christian Kirk at 66. Like the, those are some people that I'm looking at and kind of keying in on. Even if Waddle, if he is able to get on there at 67 against the Jets, some good value. Devonta Smith at 6K as well. Brandon Cook, 61. Yep, Cooks at 61. Godwin's at 59. Like that's a <laughs> like that's a pretty cheap price tag for Godwin. There's some really nice like mid-tier value here. Like I you was talk about getting know, you talk about Chubb in cash games and maybe not be able to get them. Well, if you're plugging Godwin in a cash game lineup or Kirk at a cash game lineup at these 59 and 6K, like maybe you get Chubb in there easier than you thought. Yeah, listen, Gabe Davis is only 64 on DraftKings. Chris Olave at 57. We talked about him at the top of the show, right? Yep. Chris Olave who's been getting mad targets, and we don't know what the situation is with Michael Thomas. They just actually, just right now, they uh, Michael Thomas got ruled out. Rashad Bateman just got ruled out. Yum, yum. Give me some. I'll take Chris Olave against the Seattle defense. You and 40% of the field, Howard. <laughs> Stack it up, baby. Yeah. Stack it up. Listen, I'm fine with the fact, like, again, for GPP, for cash games, Okay, if everybody's in on him, that's great. I'm fine with that. I'll go with the field. When it comes to your GPP tournaments, what you need to, I mean, aside from you need your players to all pop, we talk about it all the time, right? You want that low-owned stack that's going to deliver, the stack that not a lot of people are using. And then around that stack, that's where you can sprinkle in it's okay if they're highly owned yeah. guy. No, I mean, it's not ideal if they're 80% owned, but if Chris Olave is 40% owned, if I can get him in with like, let's say a Jacksonville stack and I can get Olave in there, sprinkle in some good solid guys who might be highly owned. I'm, I still think we're okay because just you need that game to pop for you where your stack is with the player coming back. Yep. That's to me, that to me is probably what the most important is. We'll have yeah. to, We'll have to take a look at what, like, our ownership percentages. Today's Friday, right? So they should have... Yeah, we should have them out already. And that's what happened last week, right? Last week, the guy who took down the, the Millie Maker had the Lions-Seattle game stack, but they had a 4% roster, Josh Jacobs, who went for, like, 37%. So they, they're identifying some of the lower-owned plays, building around the popular plays. Tyler Lockett, right below him at 56, he talked about maybe the Lattimore-Metcalf matchup. Could leave Lockett into in, in a really nice spot again in three straight weeks now for Lockett. Nine for 107, nine for 76, six for 91 for Tyler Lockett there. So I think, again, him at 5,600, sheesh. That is too cheap, it feels like, for Tyler Lockett there, given what he's been producing for us. More guys in the low 5K range. Does Allen Robinson ever come alive? He's 53. You've talked about try. Zach Wilson. I, just, I legit cannot put my trust in him. <laughs> I agree with you. I can't play I him. Can't. Garrett Wilson's 52. Possible working out of the slot. That's definitely a possibility. Yep. Robert Woods is 5,200 as well. No, with no uh, Traylon Burks against Washington. Could be, mm-hmm. uh, could be the number, the only target really there for him. Uh, Come on. See. Nick Westbrook Akine. I mean, I was going to bring it up when we get down to the 3K range. You jumped the gun on me there, Howard. But oh, I'm sorry. That's I'm okay. Sorry. Corey Davis is 51. Rondell Moore is now a game time decision. So Greg Dortch may be back in some lineups at 51, even against Philly's tough defense there. Elijah Moore's 5K. Gallup played 60% of the snaps in his return and found the end zone in week, uh, last week. How are you feeling about this low 5K tier? Low 5K tier is not terrible. It really isn't. I mean, I feel like we we all need to just kind of move on from Dorch. I mean, I, I liked him for what he did, but, you know, even with... One target even for if, six uh, yards last week. So. What's that? One target for six yards last week. Right, exactly. And that I don't even think Rondell Moore played, did he? No, he did, but he didn't do anything. He played 60-something percent of the snaps, barely played at all, though, in terms of usage. But if Moore sits, they don't. They have to go back to Dorch, right? Like those if snaps. Moore sits, then they do have to go back to Dorch. Josh Reynolds as the as the potential third wide receiver. Yeah, this, well, that's uh, the thing. If St. Brown's back, Chark is practicing. Chark at 4,800, maybe? Oh, you know, well, yeah, maybe. Again, New England's defense, though, is kind of tough, so. Kind of it is kind of, kind of tough. Kind of depends on how you Jacoby play. Myers or Devontae Parker. I don't know. Bailey Zappi is the quarterback, so I don't even know. I wouldn't. I would have no idea. Probably Jacoby, but Devontae Parker did nope. score the touchdown last week. So your uh, answer is Nelson Aguilar. Maybe. So I guess do we have a Tyquan Thornton update yet? They activated him off the IR, <laughs> opening his window. He was the big deep guy during the preseason. They used a second round pick on him. So Tyquan Thornton, if he's active, could be a dark throw, much like your George Pickens was last week. I was upset with myself. 
well, sort of upside myself. Christian Watson scored, so I wasn't wrong per se. <laughs> he he only played like eight snaps, but he got a end around touchdown. You had George Pickens though in your playbook and in your lineups, and Pickens went for like six for one hundred three. Would have been a better option in that three K range than Watson, even though he scored a touchdown. Tough defense for Buffalo, but again, we think that there's Pickens is quickly on the rise there. Pickens is definitely on the rise, no doubt about it. I'm out on him this week, though, because okay. I think everybody's going to be in on him this week and chase that. And I just think Buffalo's secondary, they were dealing with injuries, but every, most are healthy now. I mean, they don't have Tredavious White, but yeah. we saw what kind of an impact Jordan Poyer had just last week alone coming back and playing. It's the Kenny Pickett situation more than anything else. Like, I like Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I think he's got potential. But we know that we don't like the offensive line for Pittsburgh. We know that we do like the defense for Buffalo. And so this first game here, first like legit start for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, if Deontay Johnson's banged up, maybe we see the extra targets float George Pickens' way. I just don't feel like, even at 4,300, I just don't know if I can trust him yet. Okay, that's fine. You mentioned Nick Westbrook, Akine. He was somebody I was certainly going to bring up here. Hasn't been overly involved in this offense. Again, they haven't had a great passing attack. But if Traylon Brooks is out, he's he's going to probably assume those snaps in, in that role there. I also really liked Zay Jones this week. He's questionable to play again. He didn't play last week, but they said he was going to play if not for the weather. They decided to keep him inactive because of all the rain and the wind. They didn't want the ground. Something to him happen with his ankle and tweak it. He's been limited at practice all week. The guy had 11 targets in week three. He had nine targets in week one. I like Zay Jones against Houston this week as a pivot off of Christian Kirk if he's if he ends up being active in that game. And I think Nico Collins could find himself there as well. You look at Nico Collins' recent games, five for 82 last week, two for 41, or sorry, three for 82, two for 41, four for 58. If this game ends up being sort of a spot where Houston has to throw, Nico Collins slowly starting to get more usage. Could see some some very interesting dart throws this week, no doubt about it. I mean, listen, I, for the price that, that Zay Jones is at, again, I can't sit there and preach Jacksonville and just completely ignore him. I mean, right. Zay has not been one of my favorite guys, but you know, this is probably this is the first time he's actually been more of a feature in the offensive scheme, right? I mean, he is the second wide receiver. He's the Z receiver to Christian Kirk. Yep, they gave him eight and million dollars so- guaranteed a year, so. They're, they're paying them to be that number two. It's getting two games, nine targets, 11 targets of the threes played. So definitely some potential there for him. But I don't really have much else. Again, the New England wide receivers, if you wanted to chase something there. Yeah, Jarvis Landry is questionable. Michael Thomas is out. Marcus Callaway last week had an okay game. Traquan Smith was the guy the week before that. Like, I don't know if you – we like going up against Seattle, so maybe there's a dark play – somewhere in there maybe it is marquez calloway if jarvis landry doesn't play three catches 53 yards last week yeah that's definitely a possibility man i'm looking at the difference in in pricing on some of these guys over on fanduel who are like so far down right we talked about elijah moore right yeah he's only 5300 on fanduel yeah that's cheap he's like below jamal agnew yeah, Agnew last week had two touchdowns, but he didn't run many routes. So he filled in. No, I know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's down there. Rondell Moore is down there, even though he's questionable. Yeah. Callaway, you just mentioned. Oh, Greg Dortch. Greg Dortch is 4,900 on 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 FanDuel. Traquan Smith, 4,900 right there. Yep. But what about if we're going to throw some gross deep dive names out there your thoughts on khalil shakir i mean listen if guys are ruled out sure right but there obviously is no jameson crowder and there could be no isaiah mckenzie so there's someone's gonna have to play the slot there so it certainly could be shakir there right they have him returning kicks mostly don't they they do that's mostly what he's been doing but yeah so mckenzie still has not been cleared via concussion protocol yeah. And, and yeah, James Crowder broke his ankle. Right. <laughs> they yeah. just ruled him out yesterday. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't mind it. Again, getting some exposure to that. If it comes to blowout, I know he played in that blowout game because it was a showdown slate, and James Grande played him in his showdown lineup, and he's like, I need some Shakir catches, and he ended up getting a couple, I think, late in that game. So tight end position. 
So gross. So Coop did the tight end coach. If you've read it yet, Howard, I know it came out yesterday. He didn't. Have. He hates. He hates my Najoko. He didn't put anybody in the elite tier. He said this because there's nobody. There's nobody in the elite tier. Yes, he said there are no elite tight ends this week. So that's what he. That's how he feels about this spot. Yes, he hates Ninjoku because Derwin James gave Travis Kelsey the rock bottom when they faced each other. And is basically saying, how is David Ninjoku supposed to have success against Derwin James in this spot? Which is kind of valid. And Derwin James is a pretty legit cover to cover tight end guy there. So we'll see. But I'm looking at the same thing as he is. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where to go at tight end. There's, if you liked the Seattle matchup, like Jawan Johnson at 3K... Maybe as a guy, right? If there's no Thomas, if there's no Landry, you're just looking for anybody. He's cheap. And outside of one week, he's been getting a couple of looks there. You get, you live with the 6K fantasy value there. So I don't know. There, There's not a lot. He did send out a tweet earlier today about OJ Howard. I don't know if you noticed that one. He ran like 26 routes last week. So they released Farrell Brown. They don't have Jordan Akins and Brevin Jordan, I think, are questionable or out. So O.J. Howard last week, five targets, two catches for 27 yards, but actually ran routes. So he put him on his radar this week at 2,600. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're throwing darts at the tight end spot this week. I mean, you really are. If you – oh, excuse me. If you're looking at the top, I mean, Kittle's just – he's not what he was. He's not what he was, and they're not they're not utilizing him in that same fashion. And I, I'm not sure why. I don't well, I know why. It's the two defenses they faced. The pass rush on the Rams and the pass rush on the Broncos. They need to, him to block. to block. This may not be a spot where they need him to block so much against Carolina. Are you paying fifty two hundred for him on DraftKings? Sixty five hundred on It FanDuel? depends if I'm not spending up at wide receiver. If I can afford him, right? Because we like Chubb at the top of the running back spot, but we're kind of keying in on mid tier Running backs and value running backs, Mostert, Stevenson, Harris. We like a lot of the mid-tier wide receivers in that 6K range. Maybe you just pay up for Kittle because you have the money to do that so this week. Yeah, or you just turn around and you say, I'll take Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard, sure. who are pretty much the same. Th- they're pretty much the same thing at this point right now. In fact, they're actually getting more targets. Right. Yep. I don't hate on Higby, although I don't like Dallas's defense there. Gerald Everett is somebody who we can probably take a look at. I know he doesn't like Njoku, so yeah. I don't think we need to discuss it. I think Njoku's fine because, again, I'm just I'm what I care about more here on tight end is the price than anything else. Sure. Because I think we're I think we're all just kind of throwing darts at the tight end position here. I think you have just as good a chance of George Kittle popping off as you do of Gerald Everett popping off. You have just as much chance as Goddard, as Njoku. I think that you're just, you're looking at situations here where maybe it's just more pricing than anything else, right? Give me Tyler Conklin, who I know is going to get the targets. Yeah. The Logan Thomas injury was the one that kind of hurts me a little bit today. They added him to the injury report with a calf, $3,200. He had six targets last week, and Jahan Dotson was unlike isn't going to play this week or was unlikely to play this week. I don't know if we got an official out on him. We do. So I was all in on Logan Thomas at 32. I'm hopeful he's still active come Sunday because he's probably going to be in all my lineups against Tennessee. Sure, so, sure. Ingram's right there. Cole Komet actually got a couple targets last week. John Johnson's 3K. I mean, it's just yeah, it's gross. I'd rather go Jawan Johnson than Cole Komet at this point. Yeah, I won't argue with it. I want, to disagree, I want to disagree with you there. Um, and Gerald Everett I like as well. We know Keenan Allen, assuming he can get in there. He's apparently dealing with a cam string of his own. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yep. All right, defense. You pass um, the Bills? Do you like Tampa Bay? Yep, Bills, Bucks, rock solid. 49ers, obviously, great play there against Baker Mayfield. I'm sure you're salivating over that. Oh, yeah. Hey, Baker Mayfield. I tweeted last night that Baker Mayfield's watching this Broncos-Colts game thinking pretty good quarterback play. I like the Jags at 34 against Houston, obviously, at home. That's a good spot for them to be in. Looking down even further. Would you take a chance on Dallas? I mean, you could definitely take a chance on Dallas. But, you know, you and I had this conversation off air, so we might as well have this conversation on air. Sure. You were talking to uh, to Adam Ronis. I was actually looking at this on my own because I have to prep for Jim Bowden sure. on the show. 
And the fucked up thing about it is I'm looking at this spread and I'm like, why is, like Jim wrote it in the show sheet, right? That he was taking for his beat the book today, that he was taking Dallas plus five and a half. And I was like, did he just, did, did he make a mistake? Is Dallas really getting five and a half points? Which to me is bonkers considering how much, how many problems we've seen for the Rams. Yeah. But that's the contrarian style of betting that I do. Craig Mish and I made it our thing for years, right? Just going contrarian. Yeah. And if you're looking at this, you're looking at this point spread and you're like, how in the world are the Rams who looked like absolute shit last week? We're all freaking out, worried about Matthew Stafford's elbow. Cam Aker, they couldn't look like they couldn't run their way out of a paper bag, right? And Dallas, this fearsome defense. Everybody's afraid of them. Right, even their offense has been moderately productive. Right, like why are they a five and a half point underdog in this one? And that, for betting wise, that puts me on taking the Rams and laying the points, which makes me worry about taking Dallas as my team defense in a DFS contest. Yeah, listen, everything you're saying makes a hundred percent sense. I'm hopeful that if you're playing a GBP, though, maybe that's what it takes, right? Like, they go against the grain there a little bit, and Stafford hasn't thrown a touchdown in two weeks. I know. This, this Cowboys defense is among the league leaders in sacks, and we know that they have the guys that do takeaways as well. The takeaways yeah. in all but one week this season. They haven't allowed more than 19 points in a game this year, right? Like, I, yeah. why are they getting five and a half? I don't why? know. Why? <laughs> because Vegas is telling you. You're about to be suckered. I, I mean, I thought it was weird that the Cowboys were only a two-and-a-half-point favorite over – or three-point favorite over Washington last week. Yeah, what happened? Right? They blew them out. And they blew them out. Exactly. Exactly. So my, my spidey sense was off on that last yeah. week, but my spidey sense is, again, it's doing to, to this game here what it did to me when I said to everybody, take the Broncos over the 49ers. Right. Yeah. I said – it's only a point and a half. Broncos win this one outright. Take the money line to do it. Jim Bowden thought I was the biggest idiot in the world. And what happened? So Yeah, you're right. Uh, you are right. So, yeah, I think Dallas is in play as a GPP play. But, again, we're talking about how we like a lot of these mid-tier guys. Like, you can probably have the money to pay up for defenses this week. I'm probably – it's probably Tampa Bay, I guess, for me. No Kyle Pitts, no Cordell Patterson, Marcus Mariota. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's probably a way I want to go. And I think I might go, like, even though it's on the road, I might look at San Francisco against Carolina just because it's Baker Mayfield. Yeah, just because it's Baker. Here's the problem. Baker Mayfield's not turning the football over, though. No, he is not. They're not scoring, but he's not yeah. turning it over, which is where you need a quarterback that's going to turn the football over, so... Oh, well, then let's go to, to Washington and find ourselves the little Washington Commanders against Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. Tannehill thrown interceptions? I think he's he's been picked. Yeah. I mean, obviously Pickett threw a couple of picks last week. Not all of them were his fault. Oh, yeah, they were, they were the tip passes there. Yeah. So And that's why like some, I was talking to somebody earlier, and they were like, oh, love Minnesota Vikings defense this week against Chicago. I'm like, do you? Because they're going to run the ball 45 times. You're not going <laughs> to get any interceptions. You maybe field fumbles, or maybe in one of the 13 pass attempts, he does throw an interception. But it feels like the Vikings are low upside defense this week because you're not going to get sacks. You're not going to get interceptions because they're just going to run the football a bunch. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Again, I think even Philly, people look at that score. Philly's defense has been so good. Like, I kind of have... Some interest in Philly. Kyler's going to be trying to run around back there. Maybe he makes some mistakes. Jacksonville 34 at home is a pretty popular play probably this week as well. So that's where I'm at with defense. So Howard, let's make our lineup. All right, let's make our lineup. Uh, where do you, what position do you want to start at? Oh, I already made my lineup. What All are you right. talking about? Well, okay. <laughs> Give the people your lineup then. Well, I'm going to change it. I'm going to, I'm going to tweak it here based off of what we were just talking about. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pay up for a defense here and see okay. what I have left and and be happy about that, all right? right? Like all of a sudden now, I, oh look, I've got to go down to the low five five k range here. What will I do for quarterback? What's that for quarterback? Oh, I'm looking at it for my flex spot here. Oh, okay. Well, In the meantime, all right, quarterback, give me Trevor Lawrence, dude. Okay. I love him. I love his price on on DraftKings. 
and I'll use him on on DK. Okay. Are we using uh, yeah, Nick Chubb? What? We playing Nick Chubb? You want to play Nick Chubb? Let's play Nick Chubb. Okay. Nick Chubb's in that DK. All right, hang on. I gotta let me adjust the lineup here. Let me take away my original lineup. I mean, do you not want to go with with Trevor Lawrence? I'm fine. I would, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what this lineup ends up looking like when we come through with it. I looked at Lawrence. I like Carson Wentz, and I like Jalen. I like Jalen Hurts, of course. So okay. All right. Well, if we're gonna pay up for Nick Chubb. Let's go Lawrence Chubb. Who's gonna be our second running back? I'm going Alvin Kamara. You want to go Kamara? Okay, I'm fine with that. Wide receivers, you're going Kirk, I imagine. I feel like I'd be doing our, us uh, an injustice if we didn't go with Christian Kirk at some I point. I would agree with you. So he is $6,600, 66 So we have, obviously we're spending for defense and tight end a little bit cheaper. Right now as it stands, we have $4,600 a player. But again, nobody, no defense is higher than 4K. So yeah. did you have uh, a defense you were plugging in? Uh, let's just keep. Let's, we'll we'll see what we got at the end there. Let's okay. uh, so Christian Kirk at fifty at sixty six. Yeah. Let's go Olave at fifty seven. Oh no, we can't. Well, I mean, go Olave. Could I just don't want to overinvest in Saints if we're gonna look at this as like a cash lineup? I didn't know we were looking at it as a cash lineup. I thought we were building. Oh, uh, if you're looking at this as a GPP lineup, then where the fuck is James Robinson, dude? You want to go? That- you can't go Lawrence and Robinson and Kirk. I can do whatever I want, man. I can do whatever I want. This is America. It's true. Can that's fair. I'll put Olave in there at fifty-seven. Then we got who are we going with for our pay down? Where are we going? How far south? Uh, I guess that depends. So let's see. All right, let's go to tight end then. Okay, go to tight end. I still want to play Logan Thomas. So you still want to play Logan Thomas? Okay. At thirty-two, so we'll put Logan Thomas in there, and we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, we can. We'll see. We'll see what happens with him at thirty-two. If not, Juwan Johnson again. Maybe we'll have to remake some pivots. These three K at that potential spot there. I think we should just. I mean, we should just go full fucking Saint stack here, dude. Well, we could do a full Saint stack there. Let me. That's, I mean, if I'm doing that, yeah. I mean, listen, I would rather go full Saint stack. Okay, I have our. I potentially have our lineup. If you want to go with your Lawrence. I think, you're, I, think right, you might, I think you might like it. Go for it. Okay. What do you got? Trevor Lawrence, quarterback. Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara at running backs. Christian uh-huh. Kirk, Debo Samuel, Chris Olave. Ooh. Logan Thomas, Zay Jones. We double up at the two wide receivers for Lawrence. If we want. Oh, that's your stack. Okay, and then at defense, with zero dollars remaining, the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, that's a trap. Maybe it's a trap, but I guess it's Debo Samuel with Alave and Kirk. And if we yeah. wanted to go, if Zay Jones, for whatever reason, isn't active, we have a $4,100 flex play. We could go another tight end, Nico Collins, to come back in Jacksonville. We could do that. $4,100, Nico Collins coming back in that game. I know you're a big fan of that part of a, of DFS lineup building. Certainly something that could be in consideration. Any other tight ends at $4,100 or under. Gerald Everett, for example. Oh, he's 42, I lied. But Ninjoku, like you like at 38, if you want to double tight end it, could be involved in that stack. So that's just, that's kind of where some of my thought process. I have to go double tight end at times. I really, especially on a week like this week where it's It would have worked for you last week, most weeks. Well, yeah, because I did. I actually, it's so funny. I went double tight end last week, but it was Andrews and Hawkinson. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, last week, any other week, Andrews comes through. It would have been fine. So that's where I'm coming at with this. Lawrence, Chubb, Kamara, Kirk, Alave, Debo, Samuel, Logan Thomas, Zay Jones, Cowboys. We get the full-on Jacksonville stack there moving forward. Gets you some exposure to that New Orleans-Seattle game as well with Alave and Kamara. So. All right, well, what if, what if, John, what if we did this? Let's see what happens if I do that. Oh, that that actually fits perfectly in there. Go with the Saints stack. Okay, give me your give me your line. I'll build it on the screen. Andy Dalton, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, Logan Thomas, Nico Collins, 49ers D. Olave... So cheap. Logan Thomas. Who is your flex? Nico Collins, you, uh, Nico. your boy. Nico. I'd almost even say Nelson Aguilar if you want to pay up an extra 
hundred dollars to. Uh, well, let me ask you this: If you think Lattimore is on, if you think Lattimore is on DK Metcalf, why not go Tyler Lockett at fifty six hundred dollars? I could. That burned me last week. It didn't burn you last week. He had six for ninety one. And what did DK Metcalf have last week? Sure, but I mean, consistently. That's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm just saying that Lockett wasn't a burn. I didn't say, no, I didn't say Lockett burned me. What I said was he was not as productive as DK Metcalf was. It burned me. I would have won a lot more money if I used DK Metcalf than if I used Tyler Lockett. That is fair. That is fair. If you did want to go up, though, you have a $5,300 flex moving Lockett, DK Metcalf to Lockett. $5,300 flex could give you Kittle. If you wanted to double tight end again, like we've talked about, most start at 5K. If it were FanDuel, I would, right? I like using a running back in the flex spot there. On on DK, it's a little different. Garrett Wilson at 52? Garrett Wilson at 52 is definitely a possibility there. So, anyway, so that's what we could do with that lineup. I don't hate it. Get in that New Orleans stack and somebody come back in that game there as well. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I am too. All so, right, man. Yep. So that's our lineups. Again, we'll have those out. <laughs> You'll have the playbook out. You'll have the dartboard out on Sunday. You'll have the lineups out Saturday. on uh, Saturday, rather. Playbook and dartboard on Saturday. Lineups out on Sunday. Myself and Andrew Cooper will be on the live stream, 9 to 11. Howard and Fenstie will be on XM from 7 to 9, right? So doing that show there, getting everybody ready for week 5 of the NFL season. Make sure you get in our Discord if you're not already part of the All Pro package. The promo code is on the screen. NFL 50 saves you 50% off that deal there for the first couple months of the season again we're already week five here so that goes throughout the entire nfl season so take advantage of that offer today and howard and i will we'll be back next week we'll catch you guys later